Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 424 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, back with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Whoa, like, is this thing on? How does this work? How does it work? Are you all still here? Are you all still Hello. Hello. (laughs) So we were on a break in July. As you know, if you were listening, you got to hear vintage Megan and Sarah, some very, very vintage Megan and Sarah. And you also got to hear from our contributor team um, in more 2023 real time. And so we really loved seeing those episodes drop in the feed. At least I did, Megan. And and then being like, oh, right. That's just, yeah, that's happening. And it was really fun to see the response and everything else. Um, very happy that they were able and willing to step in and do that. And I hope um, you all liked hearing some new voices around these parts. Yeah. New voices and very, very old us voices, like time traveling back in time. Um, So today we are really just going to catch up. Um, As we record this, I just got back from a vacation last night and Megan, we were texting and like kind of trying to catch up a little bit. And we're like, well, let's just do this on the mic. So we are going to catch up about summer so far. And we're also going to gently draw attention to the fact that summer is not over. And I know people's kids go back to school if you have school aged kids all different times. But I would argue that even if school starts soon where you are, um, the summer weather and the availability of summer enjoyment is not it's not gone. So let's not wish it away. We're going to talk about what we've done and what we hope to do with uh, the rest of our summer. So this is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And I think especially if you're in a place, well, I guess anywhere where there's like a finite amount of time that the break lasts, this can happen. I think in Michigan and places where the climate Um, where you only get this kind of weather for a really brief time, there can be almost this like defeatist clinging, like, oh no, it's almost over. And I find it really helpful and useful to like document what I've done so far, because Mm -hmm. it's always more than I thought it's, there's always been more happening than I realized was happening while it was happening. And it's also good to kind of look forward and say, oh no, like we still have lots of time for beach travel and, um, hikes and summer sun and all of that. It is not over yet. No, it's not. And you all know that I love a calendar. I love a calendar for planning. But I also, like you said, I think it's sometimes helpful to retroactively look back at your calendar and kind of reflect on what you've done. Um, So yeah, that's all we're doing today. We're pausing in kind of uh, two thirds of the way through the summer to catch up with each other, catch up with you all um, and kick off August with I guess a, a good attitude. So we're yeah. hoping. <laughs> <laughs> I also think this is really fun because um, for the first time, like ever since we started this podcast, you and I have been have not done this together in weeks where we've actually talked about what's happening. And I think, you know, we've been really good about 
catching on the fly on Voxer or in yeah, text or whatever and sending like pictures. In our personal just, life. Yeah. yeah. But usually there would be long hours, long opportunities for us to talk about things like the fact that I got married earlier <laughs> this year, you know, late spring. And that's been, there's been a lot of changes happening yeah. because of that. And, you know, you went on this vacation and I don't really know too much about how that went. So this will be um, a, a unique opportunity to hear us actually do the catching up in real time that mm-hmm. we might've otherwise done like in five minute bursts yeah. if we'd been more in regular contact. So yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Well, let's start with you. So I guess catch me up and catch everybody up on summer so far. And I, I do think maybe it's worth mentioning both of our kids were both, all of our kids, our collective school-aged kids were in school through like the part of the second week of June, right? Like both of us went kind of late. So, you know, summer, summer did begin eventually. And then how's it going? Yeah. So, um, well, after the wedding, which was Memorial Day, we had a quick honeymoon and then Eric immediately took off on a week vacation with his daughter. So for that whole week, um, the kids were still in school for part of it. And then they were done and it was kind of settling in here. So we're in this new house. I'm trying to make it feel like our space, make it feel homey. Um, so there was a lot of that. And just the three of us, Clara, Owen and I hanging out. Then. Eric got back and it was time to get our old house ready for Airbnb, which I mean, it required like a bathroom to be torn out and rebuilt by Eric and a lot of cleaning, um, just a lot of, it's kind of a blur now, honestly, looking back, um, I've done a little bit of content around this on my Instagram, but we are doing the majority of the cleaning and flipping ourselves. We have, um, or turning over, it's not really flipping, but doing all that stuff. We're mostly doing it ourselves because (laughs) I didn't know how to run an Airbnb when we first set it up. And I didn't think about things like if I made it so that people could check out after one day, like if there was no minimum length of stay that they might all book back to back and then somebody has to clean it every time someone checks out. So like if one person booked on a Monday and the next was on a Tuesday and the next was on a Wednesday and the next was on a Thursday, which literally happened to us one week. Um, then that has to get completely cleaned, all the laundry done all of those days. And I didn't have a cleaner lined up or even anybody, uh, like even anybody on tap that I would be able to have come that often. So it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this ourselves. So for the most part we have, and that has been a little bit crazy. We did like, I don't know eight turnovers in a row or something like that. We do have someone in there for a couple of weeks right now. So it's a nice little breather, but I have learned a lot. I've learned that you need to have a lot more sheets and towels on hand than you ever thought you would. And I also learned why those cleaning fees that I'm a little grumpy, have been a little grumpy about in the past as a guest. I understand why they're there now because it's an incredible amount of work. Um, So you either have to do it yourself as the host or you have to pay someone to do it. And um, it's just a lot. So not complaining. I think it's been it's been surprisingly fun so far. And Sarah, I have to say, it's like kind of a mom's dream to be able to clean a house and have it be perfect behind you when you walk out the door. Like I actually get such satisfaction out of that. Every room is styled the way I want it. Uh The perfectly folded towels, you know, I kind of decided where they're going to go in the bedrooms and they're all right where they're supposed to be Uh with the washcloths folded on top Uh and the beds are perfectly made and there's no toys anywhere and there's no dishes in the sink and there's no toothpaste splatter in the mirror. It's perfect. And there's something so satisfying about that. And I would add to that as someone who's just stayed in a bunch of Airbnbs, um, I have been thinking about you so much, but I'd add to that, that in many cases, someone's actually going to appreciate that. Not only is no one going to mess it up right away or no one in your, that you're responsible for is going to mess it up. But I so appreciated the cleanliness of the homes I went into. So it's like another mom, maybe probably just to generalize might walk into that same space and be like, Oh, look at this folded washcloth. So it is like, (laughs) it's, it's really, it is very, very dreamy. And I did think of you so much because I knew you were up to this. I have a question about being an Airbnb host or your specific property. Um, what could you categorize the types of travelers that would choose to stay at your house? I know you have long-term visions for, 
you know, it's on a lot of property. It's very naturey. But yeah. this summer, when you kind of got this up and going quickly, is it people like my family was just on a long road trip and they just need a night to crash? Or is it people who are doing things locally in the area? Like, do you have a sense of that yet? It has literally been everything. Okay. So we've had lots of one-nighters who are on their way someplace else. Okay. We've had a couple people who were in town for a wedding. Um, so usually those were also one-nighters, or I think in one case, two nights. We had one family who came and stayed for a week and just wanted to hang out. They wanted to go do the beaches. They wanted to go do the wineries, all that. We had another of those that was a weekend. And the woman who's there right now for 13 days, her son is an intern. So she's just hanging out. I think she's a little older than us and she's just hanging out while he's off, you know, interning. Um, And I don't know how we'll like, I know there's probably a niche and I think it's the people who want comfortable, like a comfortable place to hang that feels a little different. Uh, That's probably like the sweet spot we're going to be going for because it's not a fancy by any means. It's not, you know, it's not a fancy rental. Um, I think I would like us to move away from a lot of one nights in a row. They're just really taxing. Yeah. And uh, there's just a lot of variables then, like having a new group come in every day. There's just, it's a lot to keep up with. And we're not, we're not automated like that. Like we're not, if we had, you know, 10 Airbnbs and we were doing this at scale, yeah. then I guess maybe you have your systems and you have your people on on call, but we don't really have that. So um, we will, the nice thing is Airbnb does offer a lot of ways to, um, what I'm looking for, like customize the way you allow people to use mm-hmm. your space. Yeah. So you can block off certain dates and have those be dates that they can only book three nights, you Got know, it. or what mm-hmm. you can have it so that if people check out on a Sunday, nobody can check back until Monday. So you at least have one day off a week, like yeah. there's ways to play with it. And we'll just keep playing until we figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, and I think the other thing is that we can sleep eight comfortably up to 10 if someone brings like an air mattress or sleeps on the sofas and you cannot get a hotel for eight people around here without spending a stupid amount of money Uh in the summer and even into the fall. So I've been surprised by um, how much people are willing to pay. At first I was surprised that I thought, well, wait a second. Oh, they get a kitchen. They get three comfortable bedrooms. Like there is, there are a lot of benefits and it's not like hotels these days are killing it. No, in the guest services department. Yes, agreed. So I think like there's a little advantage there. I mean, I've the last few times I've stayed in a hotel, I've thought, man, all the things I like staying in a hotel for just don't feel like they're happening right now. So well, that was a really long winded way of talking about, you know, how I spent the week of doing turnovers. But yes, that's been a pretty predominant thing for the last month. Um, Then there was another trip up north where Eric had gone up ahead of me to help finalize like getting the store space as ready as it can get this summer. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Um, then I followed him up with Clara and Owen, and then he came back down with Owen and I stayed up there with Clara and Isaac. Um, Clara and I went to this black bear ranch, which awesome was pictures. Say more. Clara said it was the best thing that she's ever done. It's like a bear rescue, but it's, it's kind of run by these rather eccentric people. Okay. And, they have a whole bunch of black bears in these huge enclosures. Like they're not, it's not like, you know, being at a zoo sometimes depending on the zoo can feel a little depressing. Yeah. Like the animals are just like on, you know, display. These ones are like, these are forested big enclosures where the bears can kind of hide from you if they want. But we noticed there was a big difference between the juvenile bears, which were like very show offy, like a lot of frolicking and Uh playing and then the male bears were more hidden unless you were walking along the fence and then they would walk along with you and make those sounds that those woof, woof, like those sounds yeah. that bears make the the women the adult female bears just sat there and begged for apples you can buy bags of apples and like hand them through the, like kind of toss them through the fence wow. and they would just sit there like on their butts and <laughs> you know, make little fun waves and things like that. And then they would just collect apples and eat them. So they had very different personalities. And then we got to have our photo taken with a cub, which was super cute. Now this place has come under a bit of, um, criticism, scrutiny, perhaps for being a little unorthodox in the way they do their animal keeping. I, I will not get into that. I think 
These are people with a real love for bears. I didn't see anything that I felt was cruel or like, in fact, my experience with seeing animals in captive, this was probably my favorite, but it's very homespun. It's, it's like exactly what you'd expect to see in the UP. Okay. Yes. So a little wild, a little unregulated looking, mm-hmm. a little like, could one of these bears climb the fence and chase me? I mean, it probably won't, but like you sort of feel like it could. When it's, it feels a little like on edge and wild, but um, Clara was in heaven. This is the most excited I've seen her get about anything in a long time. So she is 14 after that is, all. Yeah, that I was going to say that is um, a high mark to reach with a 14 year old. So <laughs> exactly. that's amazing. Yeah. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay. Well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. Well, after Clara and I did the Bear Ranch, um, the next day, let's see, maybe the next day or the day after that, we just kind of hung up and uh, hung out in the UP. Um, I went to the beach by myself a couple of times and just read. It was really nice. And then we came back down. and. Then we jumped right back into Airbnb land, where we have been for like the last week and a half or so. And then this week has been kind of nice and we're just getting ready for the rest of our summer, which is going to include more travel and a lot more stuff. Um, I did want to mention that I went sailing with a friend of mine the other night. Oh, fun. On Lake like, Michigan, right? On Lake Michigan. My friend Candace has a little sailboat um, that she bought for like a couple thousand dollars. She sailed, has sailed a bit but just really wanted to like speaking about midlife lady doing the thing you always wanted to do Uh stuff. She just always kind of wanted to have a sailboat and she bought herself a sailboat and is teaching herself essentially how to sail with the help of, you know, some other boat people are very friendly and um, she's actually taking a class to help her kind of learn some of the stuff she doesn't know, but she was the captain and I guess I was her first mate and it was super fun. I would actually love to do that again. I don't think I have ever been on a proper sailboat sailed by like 
some like a like a person I know. I I must have been on you know when you go tour a tall ship or yeah. like something like that. I mean I've been on the deck of a boat with sails, but I don't think in my life I've ever gone sailing. And I've been on boats a lot. So yeah, it's there's really a big fun. sailing culture here. We have a a yacht club and kids sailing lessons and stuff. But I just it's never been um, something I've done. I have a friend, um, a couple of friends who live in Chicago who for a while like did a boat share. It was a really nice sailboat, like a, the kind, you know, a really nice one. Um, and they would get it for like, I think 24 hours at a time, 10 times a summer. And then like one weekend or something, it was the way it would, you would buy in. It's like a club and you pick it up. Yeah. It's all gassed up. It's made. It's like maintained. It's Uh ready for you. It's in the Chicago Harbor. And I did that a few times, but in that case, I was not expected to touch anything. Like I was just to sit there. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the only time I've actually been a, like a vital part. Mm-hmm. I felt like a vital part of the experience. Like maybe if you weren't there, something. No, I actually ha- think yeah. if I wasn't there, Candace couldn't have gone because yeah. she's not experienced enough yet to be able to like run the, all the different pieces and parts on her own. Yeah. I love that. There's like the rudder and you got to get the sail on the right side and all of that. Very so. cool. Um, I don't remember the words, but there were words thrown around like mast and mainstay, mm-hmm. jib. You you responded. And I responded in the moment. I could not tell you what I did, but I did something. So that kind of brings me up to where I am today, I guess. Why don't you tell us about your summer so far? Yes, yeah, so the summer so far for us. Well, I have to first say that we have two trips this summer, and one of them has happened as of this recording, and one of them is yet to come. I'll talk about that in a minute, but the way things got scheduled this summer, um, anything exciting like travel and vacations was really in the back half of the summer. So we had, I think four full weeks, maybe four and a half weeks of what my kids called like nothing. We're doing nothing. Um, (laughs) and now that I'm on the other side of the first vacation, I was just kind of looking back at that calendar and it was nice to see what quote unquote, doing nothing looked like. So first of all, Luke got his first job. Um, he's a camp counselor at a kid's cooking camp, um, but it's like eight to three thirty every day, Monday through Friday, every week that we're in town all summer. So pretty big commitment, just over minimum wage. Very exciting, like to not be a counselor in training anymore or like a he, he's done that a couple summers for free. Um, and so that was really exciting It involved getting a work permit and like doing CPR training and lots of firsts and lots of like teenage life skills happening for Luke. But then Reed and Violet literally have almost nothing scheduled. Um, Reed has his martial arts a couple times a week, just like during the school year, but we didn't do camps. Um, my workload was lighter, so I didn't have to feel like I had to work six hours a day or anything while they were home. So those first, that first like month of summer, um, I tried to have Reed and Violet have some play. They don't like to call them play dates anymore when they're 10 and 13, but you know what I mean? Um, hangouts. Yeah. Hangout sessions. And so I tried to facilitate, facilitate those, especially for Violet because she really does benefit from, she's very social and benefits from having friends over. Um, but like we didn't do a lot and that was a okay with me. Um, it was a very, very cool weather, uh, first month of summer. Anyone in coastal California knows how long our May gray and our June gloom and our no sky July <laughs> lasted really, really cool and wet and gray. And, you know, actually normally that doesn't bother me, but, um, with the winter we had and then just how long the marine layer seemed to persist and just wouldn't burn off. Um, I mean, weeks without sun. I know it sounds, I know you're all rolling your eyes at a Californian complaining about weather, but it was pretty extreme. Um, the sun has since come out and we are getting like proper summer weather now. Um, so that first month was like not very much in kind of a good way other than Luke going back and forth to work every day. Oh, and Brian traveled a lot. So I was also doing a lot of solo parenting um, during those weeks. And honestly, I kind of also like that there's a, I know we've probably talked about this, but there's like a deep satisfaction in having total adult autonomy over your home and like your, like your schedule. And I, um, that's all I have to say about that has nothing to do with how much you love your partner. It's like, it, it has, it's completely independent of that. It's just nice sometimes to be in complete charge of your life and your dependence life. I 100% get it. Yes. Especially now that I'm remembering what it's like to 
be in a household where everything is melted again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're, <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. You're like, yeah, that, that was, was so nice. Bad. That was nice. <laughs> totally. Um, so that was how we navigated uh, the back half of June and beginning of July. In early July, we had um, some friends come to visit. That was really fun. It was Reed's two besties from when we lived in Orange County and their moms. So two 13-year-old boys and two single moms, basically. Um, and so we palled around for a couple of days and got to show them Santa Barbara. And um, that felt like, I guess we had done nothing for so long that that felt like something to have on the calendar. And that was a lot of fun. And then that brings me to our first trip, which was an eight day Oregon road trip. Um, I guess not. It's not really an eight day road trip. We weren't driving every single day, but we did drive about 1600 miles total. We drove up from Santa Barbara to Central Oregon and then back down again. Eventually, um, we the way we broke it up is we did a long day, uh, a really long day, like a nine hour day, which brought us up to the Mount Shasta area, like the Shasta wilderness, really, really beautiful, far northern California, stayed one night there in a very cute Airbnb. And then from there, we went to Ashland, which is a small city in southern Oregon that has a well-known Shakespeare festival and theater festival. They actually do a lot of plays that aren't just Shakespeare. Um, And it's a really, really cute town. Um, And so we spent two days in Ashland in another very cute Airbnb, and we did some of the Shakespeare stuff. And my kids just loved being in the type of town where you can, and in St. Joseph is like this, Megan, I've been to your town where you can, where you can be in a normal house with a little yard, but then you can be a block from like a shopping district. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know how big Ashland is. It's not a big city, but it has the feel of, um, a shopping district, very accessible to residential areas. And my kids have just never lived somewhere like that. They've lived in suburbia, and they've lived more rural, but they got a huge kick out of that. Like just walk to the corner store and get a popsicle. Yeah, that is, there is something about being a kid and being in that environment. It feels so like the world is your oyster. Yeah. Kind of and, thing. and with yeah. teenagers, there were record stores and vintage stores and like it has a hip vibe. Um, so that was really fun. And then we made our way up to Sun River, which is just south of Bend. Um, and we were there for a family reunion for about four days. And then we turned around and came back. And on the way back, we took, we broke it up more evenly. So we did like two seven hour days and we stopped overnight outside Sacramento with some really good friends from our Arizona days. So it was, it was overall a really good trip. The kids did great. I mean, I never, ever thought Megan that I would want to do long road trips with my family. I just didn't think I I've always, we flew so much when they were little and we kind of had to, um, to see far away family. Um, but post COVID when like, remember last summer when everyone was losing their luggage and like the airports were such a disaster. And we, this Oregon destination where my parents have a second home, you could do either you can fly, but not direct. So even though it's like not, it's on the same coast, it's still a pain to get there. It's like small airport layover, small airport. And so we decided to drive last summer and then we did it again on purpose, like voluntarily this summer. So it was really, really fun. You know, I think that, um, I look back and remember, so the, the drive that I take up to the UP, which I do a lot and people are like, I can't believe you're driving seven hours again. It's really not a big deal because it's not like a trafficy drive. It's yeah. a very beautiful drive. There's not a lot of start, you know, stop and start traffic. I don't have to worry about hitting rush hour. So that makes a big yep, difference sure right does. there. Um, but I also think for kids, like I, that's almost the exact same drive I did when I was a kid, when my parents got divorced and my dad lived almost exactly where I live now. And I lived in the UP, right? So my dad and I were coming back. I was coming down with him multiple times a year. And I do remember being a little bit miserable for a few reasons. First of all, I couldn't read in the car yeah. because I would get terribly car sick and there was nothing else to do. Like I couldn't, you know, there were no, no I didn't iPads. have any, yeah. no iPads, no books on tape, like nothing yeah. to listen to, no podcasts, none of that. Um, and I just remember being bored, but like, it was also okay. Especially if I had a sibling with me, mm-hmm. we would play games and talk and stuff like that. So like, it's not a big deal, but now I find it quite enjoyable. And my kids seem to like it too. Like we've done it several times together. Um, Owen drove back with the kids after my wedding, I think clear, maybe he and Clara. Okay. Drove back down by themselves. I can't remember when it was exactly, but they made that trip up and back on their own. 
Um, and that was really fun for them, you know? So like sometimes having a driver can be really fun yeah, too. Yeah. I meant to tell you on our, our way through, I don't remember if I sent you a photo of this when it was happening, but Claire and I got a flat tire on our way down. And even that I felt on our way back down yes, together. I do kind of and even that. that was like a fun experience because we got kind of stranded in this tiny little town halfway between Manistique and St. Joe. And, um, this town is called like Lake city. It's, <laughs> it is tiny. It's just a little town on a lake and it was three o'clock on a Friday. Um, I feel like we were going into a holiday weekend too. It was either the, it was like the week after the fourth maybe. Okay. Um, and so Claire and I are like, what are we going to do? I mean, and this was like a flat, flat yeah. tire there. There was like, stop driving your car right now that flat. And so we called this mechanic and they sent this older gentleman over to look at the car and then they fixed it. And Claire and I had to walk to a gas station that had a subway just to kind of kill time while it was getting fixed. And then they got us back on the road. It was truly like, well, ma'am, we got you back on the road. I mean, they didn't have an accent, but it was, that was even kind of fun and like a little bit of girl power. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we can figure this out. We'll be all right. So anyway, that really doesn't have anything to do with the road trip, except that's the kind of thing that can happen on a road trip. Yep. Absolutely. And then you just have to deal with it. All right. So I have a couple questions. One is, what did you see at the Shakespeare Festival? Because I'm oh, always yeah. interested in that. Yeah. And then I know that you were up there for like a family gathering. Um, but what I wasn't sure about was whether it was mostly family stuff or whether it was kind of like that was the pretense by the which background. you went. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Good questions. So we saw Romeo and Juliet um, in Ashland that they they had two Shakespeare plays up while we were there. And then they had a couple straight plays and a musical going. Um, Romeo and Juliet felt like a no brainer because the kids read it in eighth grade here. So Luke has read it, reads about to read it. Violet knows the story. I always think it's easier to see Shakespeare when like the overall plot is familiar to you because then the language yeah. can kind of just wash into your ears. And it was it had like a very cool um, modern day setting. Of course, the language was the original, but the sets and costumes were hip and modern. And they gave some context for why they chose that and how it fit. Um, because, and we know that because we went to a really cool, like 30 minute, like pre-lecture about it, which the kids did great. And I thought was a good way to kind of get a little bit more history and context. And it was just 30 minutes. Um, and we did that the day before we saw the show. And then we also did a behind the scenes tour of all the theaters. So there's three main main stage theaters at this festival. Um, and so with the play, we only saw one play, but we did two other, I guess, events. And they were all incredibly well done. I mean, Violet's only 10. Um, and she, yes, she got squirmy during a three hour Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Right. But we did a matinee and, you know, she she was fine. She she was squirmy, but she was fine. And with the backstage tour where we got to see sets and costumes and learn how the magic is made. I mean, my two theater kids, my older kids were in heaven, but even Violet did great. Um, and like I said, it's all right in this very, very cute town. So um, that was a big win. Romeo and Juliet. I think having. um going out of your way to see Shakespeare performed really well yeah. makes all the difference because a really good Shakespeare performance, like you almost don't even realize they aren't speaking mm -hmm. modern English. Yeah. If it's acted really well, Agreed. if the acting isn't as great or there's the people just aren't as able to sort of interpret it, mm -hmm. uh, you can be very lost. I agree. And it's almost always funnier than you remember. Even if you yes. studied Shakespeare and read some or acted some or seen some of the movie adaptations, it's all even the tragedies. And Romeo and Juliet is sort of like a comic tragedy. It's like somewhere in, it's like both. Um, there's really delightful wordplay, a little body like it's always and a lot funnier. of physical humor. Yes, there's always comedy. yes, this visual humor. That's very funny. Yes. So. And usually the good, you know, the good actors and the like well-directed performances are really good at bringing that out. So I'm always like, Oh yeah, I forget. Like Shakespeare is really, really funny. Um, so that was, that was a win all around. And then yes, the family, there was a family reunion kind of as a backdrop to this time up in central Oregon, but we actually, we did a lot of adventuring and excursioning. Um, and at one point I joked, Reed was like, we have done a lot. I'm like, yeah, this is the summer of like, doing things like getting mm. out on a boat, getting on a horse. So in the four days we were there, we did like a little trail ride, a horseback ride. Um, my kids are not like 
familiar with horseback riding very much. So it was a very easy walking trail ride, but in beautiful um, high desert, central Oregon country. And then what else did we do? We went on a boat. My dad got a little fishing boat, a little speed boat that he can take out on lakes when he's up there because he's a lifelong fisherman. So we went for a boat ride. We went to a little, a small lake. Well, that was the same day as the boat ride, but we also hung out on like the beach of this little lake for those who weren't riding in the boat. And then we floated the Deschutes River in Bend in these inner tubes, like rented inner tubes. And Ugh. Megan, I did not think this was going to be fun because I had had a recent river floating experience um, in Mexico last fall that I just thought was kind of over touristy and mass produced. And it didn't feel like nature. And it was like hot and cold at the same time. And it felt gross. And so I was like, OK, this looks cool. Like I'm open to it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it like at all. And I loved it. It was so beautiful. It was really floating a real river. Like you actually felt like you were, I don't know. It wasn't like a Disneyfied yes, version. It, that's yes, exactly right. Yeah. And that's what the other one I had done yeah. felt like. Um, weather was perfect. Um, and there were actual like mini rapids about half. It was about an hour and a half of floating. It was the five of us plus my brother. So six of us. Um, and it felt super duper safe. It was never like scary at all. But there were there was a little section of like baby rapids, like class one, class two rapids. Um, and the kids thought that was so much fun. Um, and then the rest was really smooth floating. And there it was like this company that drops you off and picks you up and then in yeah. the little shuttle van takes you back. So I'm just I'm patting myself on the back because I'm not the most that adventurous. That does not seem like a Sarah kind of thing to do, but I'm very impressed too. To do and to love. And then I actually mm-hmm. loved it. So yeah, between boat riding, horse riding, river floating, we That's packed more a lot in. Than, I know. Than this indoor cat exactly. typically likes to be. Exactly. Yes. And then we also with the family stuff, there were a lot of games, like big group games, both of the physical variety. Like I, we don't even have enough time to get into some of the new games I learned, but, um, like Frisbee throwing like, uh, more outdoor, like play at a park type physical games, but then also like sit around the campfire at night and play games. So there was a lot of that kind of thing too. It was really fun. I love it. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. 
Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Well, Sarah, two things that I didn't mention that I've been kind of getting really into this summer, but that are going to play into the rest of my summer are one is foraging. I've done several foraging excursions with Eric where we go out and pick things to eat out of the yard. And that has been super, super fun. And I've also gotten really into genealogy. Okay. I knew about one of these and not the other. So this is why we're catching up. I just saw your Insta. Well, actually, I knew that you were kind of foraging curious. We've talked about that a little before, but I think you just did an Instagram reel and I was reading more about it. Um, But uh, other than I know you've had interest in your you know, Finland ties and had a general interest, but I do not know about summer 2023 genealogy. Okay. Well, I just jumped all in because I have an idea. So this is kind of like, this is the part that you don't know anything about. I don't think, or I'm catching you up. So, um, the foraging part will kind of play into a different trip, but I'm going to talk about the genealogy trip in a minute here. I have been digging really deeply into my family history because I just decided that I really want to write some kind of book or podcast series or something about this. And so it's this, my grandma was born in the twenties in the UP. My mom was born in the forties in the UP. There's some kind of like mystery about who my mother's father actually was. And we don't know who he was and he's never really been talked about. And my grandma's dead now, so we can talk about it. But like now we have no clues because like everyone's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, But I realized like how many resources are out there that I didn't know about. So I've got the archives of Michigan, like looking up my mom or my grandma's tuberculosis records because she was in like a tuberculosis sanitarium. And I didn't sanatorium. I didn't know this, but they kept records on everybody. So they're pulling those for me and they're going to send them to me. I've got like a researcher guy who like only does UP research. And he's helping me pull stuff that I didn't even know how to do. So here's where it gets really interesting. There's, I, I've had my DNA tested forever. I did that like when Clara, when I was pregnant with Clara, I had my DNA tested. So I can see that I have all these people that I kind of match with. What I didn't know was. Wait, I'm already make... cutting in. When you, when you say you can see, you mean via like ancestry.com? Like so what? I did it through 23andMe. Okay. And that will show and... you your genetic matches? it will show you like this person is your third cousin. So I have a crap ton of third cousins who are Finnish, which is like the family connection I'm trying to find. There's no Finnish um, really anywhere else in my family. And I'm 22% Finnish. So I'm pretty sure that's all coming from my uh, maternal grandfather. Mm-hmm. And the problem is I'm like, well, what do I do with this information? So I've got all these third cousins, but so what? Well, if you go back far enough and can find common great-grandparents, that's where you start to figure it out. Because if it's your third or fourth or fifth cousins, you're going back three or four or five generations. And it turns out that in Finland, there weren't that many people. And actually, there are very good records. So if I know that my great-grandparents on that side would have been born in Finland, then it's not that much of a leap. Where it gets really tricky, though, is there was also a lot of intermarriage, um, intermarriage happening, uh-huh. and especially in the UP. So the UP has the plurality of like Finnish people in the Midwest or something. There's more Finnish people in the UP concentrated than there are, I think, anywhere else in the United States. Okay. It's it's kind of this enclave. We've talked about that because you're a Swede Finn, and yeah. we don't need to get too much into all this. Maybe we're related, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> we go back far enough. Some but ancestors honestly, were definitely yes. hanging out. Yeah. Well, some ancestors probably were were related. Yeah. They just might not have each contributed genetics to yeah. us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I'm just learning a lot about how it works. And I've made some very interesting connections with people who are very excited to figure it out. And so, uh, so I don't know where it's going to go. I am also going to do my DNA through Ancestry because that'll open me up to a totally different pool of people. And when you say I've made some interesting connections who are with people who are excited to learn yeah. more, are you like messaging them through 23 yep. and me? So, mm-hmm. okay. I don't even, I haven't done this. Oh, I, I know my, one of my aunts has, and I, I, one of Brian's aunts got really into it. So 
Um, I'm like only very adjacently familiar, but I've never yeah. actually seen the platform or seen how you communicate with anyone or. Well, where I see the most activity happening with the Ancestry stuff is actually at Ancestry.com. Unfortunately, I don't have my DNA currently in their system. So what I need, I just sent that back. So they'll have it. Then I'll be able to connect with people who are actively looking for this. On 23andMe, um, the purpose of 23andMe wasn't originally for Ancestry. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. It was more for like genetic health, stuff like that. Right. So I just don't find that people are as engaged. It's just, it's harder. Yes. To track they people down to have this with the same purpose. Yeah, exactly. Like I matched with this woman who um, I was able to track down. She hasn't been on the platform in like six months. And you can tell it'll say like yeah. last active six months ago. But I was able to find her because she's she was instrumental in helping get this like historic homestead off the ground in the UP. And she said that in her bio. So I looked that up and emailed them. And then I mean, she's like 100. But they oh, wow. sent me, they sent me to her niece, I believe her niece okay. or her second cousin. I can't remember which one who I've been emailing with and talked on the phone with last week. Anyway, all this led me to say, like, I really just want to go back to the UP. I kind of want to go by myself mm-hmm. and I want to go to these places and just kind of immerse myself in this for a few days. So this is that's like a doing. Hallmark movie. It's not like I'm a Hallmark the, movie. That's not the right. It's well, like, right. Cause I'm not going to like fall in love with a baker or no. something, but like it is, it's it, a memoir. Something. It's a memoir. Yeah, it's a yeah. memoir. Yeah. So I'm going to go back up to the place where they, my grandma was born and my mom was born, which is called the Keweenaw Peninsula. It's where all the, it's like definitely very remote now. Um, it was kind of the epicenter of copper mining until copper mining ceased to be an industry up there. So it was very busy little boom town from like the late 1800s to the early 1900s. And then mining completely went away. And now you have what's left, which is, I'm not hundred percent sure. (laughs) Like I've been there. It's very beautiful tourism, I guess. I mean, it's gorgeous, but very poor. Yeah. Um, And I just want to like hang out there. And I now have a contact at Michigan tech university, which is there. And they have um, archives there that they're like pulling records for me and I can kind of go sort through them and And I can meet libraries. I feel like libraries, the historical society. I'm going to go to the county clerk. I'm trying to track down my maternal great grandmother's death certificate because I have to have a death certificate to get a birth certificate for her. And I'm just I really want to know more about her family, too. Um, she also died of tuberculosis, like like so many people died of tuberculosis up there. It was rampant. But anyway, she, when my grandma and her sister were really little and then my grand, great grandpa remarried and they had like 10 more kids. So my grandma was the oldest yeah. of like 12 kids. Okay. And I've looked at the house that they lived in. <laughs> it, it doesn't look big. Let me just put it that yeah. way. So anyway, all this to say, I'm going to go up there and just spend some time. And this is the kind of thing I have wanted to do literally my entire life. Yeah. And just, you know, when, when are you going to do that when you've got little kids? Yep. When are you going to just take off and be like, hey, I'm just going to go like hole up in this little town for a while and like retrace my family history. I just yeah. I, it, it never really seemed possible. But then I thought, well, if I don't just get it on the calendar, it's never going to happen. I love it. Well, so I love it as a next week. birthday gift to yourself, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll be there on my birthday, which I mean, I don't care about birthday parties that much no. anymore. So it's like I would this feels more meaningful. Yeah, um, I love this. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I will be definitely Instagramming it. So by the time this episode airs, I will have been there already. So you just go back through my Instagram and see what I had to say about it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it'll spark some things. Maybe I'll make some discoveries. Maybe I won't. And that's OK. Like some of this might just be lost to time. And that's all right. I mean, you know, there's things that I might just never unveil yeah. and that's okay. But, um, once I get back, then it's going to be boom, boom, boom. We're going back up to the UP to do a camping trip with my sister and her husband and Eric and I, and then, um, Jenna and Missy and I are going to see, go see, um, the artists formerly known as the Dixie chicks, yeah. the chicks, which I was supposed to do a few years ago. And then mm-hmm. somehow you like just psychically stole my concert from me. Just Did last it, summer. Yeah, it, it was last just last summer? year. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It got canceled because someone got the flu. Yeah. And I then think. I got last minute tickets. So you were supposed to That's see right. the chicks and didn't. And I wasn't and did. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cosmically stole them from. Me. It was cosmically stolen, but that's okay. We're getting it back. 
And then we're going to go do our little girlfriend trip. And then I have the kids back for the rest of the summer. So then summer really does wind down because that's back to school shopping and all, yeah. you know, we know what that last week or so looks like. Yeah. Do you happen to know the date of when Clara and Owen start or is it still after Labor Day in Michigan? It's not this year. It's not. I don't remember the exact date, but it is before Labor Day for the first time ever. I've never had kids start school before Labor oh, Day before. This is, this is big. I think you're OK. Don't tell anyone. I know no one's listening right now. I think you're going to like it. I know yeah. I I, you know, for a long time kind of waxed nostalgic about the September 5th start or whatever. But I yeah. actually really like like the third week of August. Like that's I think it's about right, especially for working moms who've been juggling yeah. childcare. I know you're kind of past that, but, um, yeah. Well, and I will also say that doing it, uh, with older kids, it kind of gives me a chance to get them settled and established in their routines. And then me kind of eke a little more summer yeah. weather without yeah. having to worry about making them enjoy it with me, which, yeah. you know, they don't always want to do. And then right. it feels kind of like a drag. Yeah. So yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, I asked because I did this poll on our Instagram um, just recently, and I just was curious. So I asked if you have school aged kids, when is their first day back? And the options were that I created myself because you could only have four uh, July 31st or before. So July, which would you know be unusual, August 1st through the 14th, August 15th to the 31st or September 1st or later. And not surprisingly, um, the distribution is very, very, very few people start before July 31st. but about 20% start in the first half of August, about half the people who responded start in the second half of August. So I think that's, the, that was oh. the biggest distribution. And then another 26%, um, September 1st or later, which is not nothing. I mean, that's a full quarter right. are not starting till September. Um, but the, the biggest response number was in that August 15th through 31st. And that is my kids too. And your kids too. So um, I think that's a good reminder that we're you're hearing this on August 1st. Like there's a lot, there's still summer left. There's still yeah. time. Yes. So how will you be using the rest of your time? Well, this year we have a whole nother trip that we booked for around the 7th to the 14th, like that, that week. And we are going to the East coast. So I'm really happy actually to have another trip on the calendar, kind of a big one. Well, uh, an actually a big one. Um, so close to school starting. We haven't done that in quite a while, but I know about myself that I can get kind of like antsy, like a horse returning to the barn as the school year approaches. And I can make my kids crazy because I'll be like, oh, let's um, go buy some supplies or let's like make a new morning routine chart. And I'm like all of that's I mean, I don't really do that, but that that <laughs> part of my brain starts firing in like by August 10th. And there's like two more weeks or whatever. And the kids are like, no. So anyway, um, I'm actually really happy that we have another trip. We are going to the East Coast. Um, we will kind of home base in Connecticut with Brian's family outside Hartford. And we're going to do um, some smaller trips to Rhode Island, to the beach, and to Boston. We haven't taken the... Uh, that's not true. We were in Boston for a night the last time we did an East Coast trip. But we're going to spend two nights in Boston um, and see a Red Sox game and do some historical stuff. So similar to the Oregon trip, I think it will be a trip where we're doing quite a bit, like every couple of days we're on an excursion or doing something touristy. Um, and the kids are at really good ages for that. They've been really good travelers this summer. Um, weather TBD, you know, new England in August, it could be really, really hot and humid, which could maybe put a damper on some of the things I'm anticipating we'll do. Uh, it could rain. So we'll see. But, um, that whole side of the family, we really only get out there every other year. And by now the kids kind of know the routine and they look forward to it. And so, yeah, we don't get back till mid August. And then once we get back, um, the kids all start school on different days, but it starts Lucas first on the 21st of August. So we'll only have a week left when we get back. Um, and I think that is, like I said, there's a lot of advantages to that for my own um, inability to pace myself at the end of the summer is really a struggle for me. I like want, I want it all to happen. Like once I get in school mode, I want it all to come together very quickly. And it's me against the universe usually. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds, it's so funny to hear you talk about your last, you know, big hurrah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like so much 
But again, that's because we are mentally thinking like it's like I, my, my mind is already thinking, well, the summer's almost over. How are you going to fit all that in? Yeah. But of yeah. course, you have a long time. I know I do. And when we have been home, as I started when talking on this episode, we've been really mellow when we've been home. Yeah. Luke goes to work every day. Brian goes to work every day. The other kids and I are not doing a whole lot. So I think the way I feel is every summer kind of develops its own rhythm and pace and style. And they're never the same, but this one has just been, I think, I mean, it's not over, but it's felt like it's like when we're home, it we're kind of boring. But then yeah. when we've been on the road, we've been packing a lot. In. Really going for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Well, I want to make one more little announcement yeah. before we wrap. And that is that Eric's son and daughter-in-law had their baby. <gasps> And you know what that means. You're a grand a, person of some kind. I'm a step grandma. <laughs> well, congratulations. How are you I feeling guess. about that? Uh, I mean, it. you know, it won't really be real until like, they're kind of chilling at home for a while. So baby's not out and about and we're not really around them a whole lot. So it'll be a bit before it feels real, but it's kind of exciting. There will be a little person hanging around us and we'll be doing grandparenty kind of things. How is Eric um, like? I don't even know if you can speak to this, but like, how does he feel about the identity shift or has he even thought about it? I think uh, sometimes he can be a man of few words when something, when he's thinking a lot about something and he's been a man of very few words about this. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, the, he said so little, it tells me it's big. Does that make yes, sense? Uh, absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I also, one quick follow-up because the people are wondering, you just mentioned briefly, or I don't even know if you did about the, the bookstore opening. Do you oh, want to yeah. provide a short update so people can go back and listen? Yeah. Um, we'll link up an episode where you talked in detail about the plans for the bookstore up in yep. Northern Michigan, but that was going to be happening a lot this summer. Oh my gosh. It was supposed to be happening. Like that was part of the reason I wanted to have so much more flexibility in July this year, because we really thought we'd be up and running by June. Um, the current plans are for it to be opening the same weekend as my birthday. So like I'd be up at UP doing my little research trip and then I'll come back down to Manistee and help it, help it open. I'll just say we've had, we've run into a lot of hiccups along the way and it wouldn't surprise me if it gets pushed back a week or two, yeah. which means then when Eric and I go back up in August, maybe that'll be when it's opening. It's just, there's a lot, there's been a lot of like trying to get contractors in issues with the book orders, like just a lot of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's how starting a brick and mortar business goes. And that's not something I've had any experience with, you know, yeah. in my experience, starting internet businesses, as soon as you can get the website up, you're in business. Right. And that's not the case when you've got a huge building you're renovating and all of that. In fact, sometimes with an internet business, you actually like you put up the branding and the, and like, you, you pretend there's a business before there is actually a business. Exactly. It's, like, it's like the opposite. You're like, yep, I'm fully operational, but you're actually and not. And sometimes just scenes. starting the pretend business is like enough. And you're like, I don't even want that business. You know, it's <laughs> like you go through all the business building to put up the brand and the site and all that. And then you're just like, well, I don't know. Am I really that into it? Like, I don't um, actually have to take clients, do I? Right, exactly. And this is just a very different kind of a thing. So stay tuned. Yes. But I'm thinking it's probably going to be more like a late summer fall thing. Yeah. Well, I just I know people who have been following along might have been yeah. curious and you're not you will uh, share updates when there are updates to be shared. Absolutely. Keep an eye on my Instagram. That's where it's all going to go down at at Megan Francis. Perfect. Well, um, this was fun. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for a quick catch yeah. up about the summer. And um, we're back. August is all new episodes every Tuesday. So um, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. If you happen to be new to the show, shoot us an email. We're just hello at themomhour.com. We love uh, hearing from new listeners. And we also love to see you on our Instagram or in our private Facebook group. So um, Megan, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Yeah, talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. 
The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.